really thankful you guys are here. I love seeing that this place is filled up somehow every single Sunday uh, with people out of town, just people thirsty uh, to hear about Jesus. And um, yeah, so um, before I get started, this past week I uh, went to Florida um, for a mission trip. Just kidding. Um, So I went there uh, pretty much to visit the Bible school there to um, half minister to them, half vacation a little bit. The vacation part got me. I got burnt bad. Like, you don't see it because I wore a long sleeve shirt. That was why I did it. So, um, so man, I was, I was in the sun for, I thought, like an hour, but it was more than an hour, I guess. And I got really, really burnt. But it was a really good time. And um, so as I was preparing for the sermon, um, I'm not even using this prop yet. I don't know why I was going over here. It was just naturally. Um, as I was preparing for the sermon, I... Um, I also, sometimes when I like getting ready for a sermon, I just look at like little things to try to help me like, like, all right, what do I want to talk about today? Um, and it came down today, uh, this past week, I've been praying a lot to God about, uh, just something I'm going through and something I'm struggling with. And then I, well, I was writing this sermon today before I even started. So this is like blank page. Don't know what I'm going to say. I, got, I started getting just stressed out because I couldn't figure out, like, what, what, what do I want to say? And I had a water bottle on my desk. I just kept drinking this water bottle. I'm just trying to figure out what I want to start, where I want to preach from, all these different things. And I couldn't think of it. And I just keep drinking this water bottle, finished it, got another, kept drinking it. And I'm like, it's right there. I'm going to talk about being thirsty today. That's what I'm going to preach about. It was perfect. And I ended up just figuring out perfectly. Um, but... Uh, as I was uh, reflecting on writing this sermon, I just realized that a lot of us go through struggles. And, um, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard this quote that favor flows from strange places and where we like least expect it. And this past couple weeks, if we're going to get real, I was just struggling with kind of understanding where God wants me. And in my mind... The devil was tricking me and just telling me like, man, like God's not using me here wherever I'm at in life. He's not using me. He's not using me. And, and the more this filled my mind, the more I, f- I found myself just distant and like pulling away from the Lord. And, and, and I realized that in the moments in my life where I like least expected it, God used me the most. And, and when, I, when I realized that, when that popped in my head, I, I just changed my prayer and so one of like, not like, why, why is, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And more of uh, God, whatever my circumstances in that time, just use me there as much as possible. Because I'm a big believer in, uh, I, think it's, I think faith isn't about like just knowing why or what you're doing or where you're at in life. I think it's even when you don't know the why of what you're doing or the how of what you're doing, you're just walking with the Lord, you're just still trusting him in every step. And I think that's where faith really builds from. We're going to be uh, reading from John. And we're going to begin with John uh, chapter 19, verse 28. If you want to, uh, actually verses 28 and 29. It says, um, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And a jar of wine, uh, wine vinegar was there. So they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus's lips. Now, um, before we get started, it's kind of important to notice that this isn't our typical definition of thirsty. 
I know exactly what we're thinking of when we say thirsty. Like, oh, he's thirsty. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when he sent 15 messages, no replies, all red. Guy's thirsty. Or, you know, when we're posting pictures on Instagram and just refreshing every second just to see how many... I do that all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is, this is me preaching to myself. You know what I mean? So um, when, uh, when we read that kind of, it's not this kind of thirsty, but uh, it's, thirsty can mean like so many different things. And it's not like a negative context. Like in, in this aspect, we can all be thirsty in some way. Even when we're seeking God, even when we're walking with God, eventually we could become thirsty. You know, up until this point, um, if you guys ever read about the prophecies fulfilled by Jesus, he, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies about you know, him coming and everything in the New Testament. And this was the final one before the resurrection, this point where it says in parentheses, after, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. See, I think um, what happens is when we walk with the Lord, there's a lot of things that come up in our lives that, that just try to pull us away from this. If you guys noticed, if you've uh, read in Mark, actually, this is the second time uh, Jesus was offered a drink. And the first time, uh, I don't have it up on there, but it's in Mark uh, chapter 15. Um, pretty much what they did is they offered him um, uh, a drink mixed with myrrh. So what they do is uh, for whoever is uh, coming up and getting crucified, uh, they offer him this drink mixed with myrrh so that it's almost like out of compassion. Like a lot of the women who are along the walk to the crosses They'll pretty much mix this drink with myrrh to kind of like numb the person going up there. And it's kind of cool that uh, when he was offered this first drink, Jesus, he rejected it because he's like, no, I, I know there's something I have to fulfill. I know my calling. I know where I need to be. So he rejected that and he was like full-fledged following the Lord, right? So today we're going to apply that same thing. And I want you guys to think of something uh, you're thirsting for that, that isn't in your walk with the Lord, something that distracts you in your walk with the Lord. Because by the end of this sermon, we want, we want to just remove that from our lives. So during this sermon, and we all have it, not, not one of us can escape it. There's something that always pulls us away from our walk with the Lord. And I want you to think of that during the sermon while we go through. And I want you to just, by the end of it, we're just going to get that out of the way. So before we get into it, um, there's actually another time we see Jesus being thirsty. And this is where we're going to have the bulk of our message. It's in John chapter 4. Um, when we read this, it's, a, it's really important to understand like, the context behind the story. If you guys don't know the story, it's uh, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Um, so context, I, I just think it's super important to understand context because it gives you what underlies underneath, like what they're trying to get at. Um, when we understand the concept of what's saying it, it, you know, in these verses or the background, we understand more of what's going on. And we get a deeper understanding of what exactly is happening in that moment. So if you guys haven't read this, pretty much what happens is, during this trip, Jesus, he chooses to walk through Samaria. And this is a big deal. For, for those of you who don't know, Samaritans and Jews did not get along. They really, really did not get along. And that's a kind way of saying it. They really hated each other. And um, so they had a, like a lot of cultural conflicts, a lot of religious disputes. Samaritans said it was they were the ones chosen by God. By God. Jews, Jews believed that it was them that were the chosen people of God. And pretty much they just never never like they would constantly butt heads and the thing is when we read you know when we think about samaritan we always think of like the good samaritan story we always have this context of like oh it's the good samaritan like oh i remember that i remember learning that as a kid but we don't realize like 
to the Jews, like saying the good Samaritan, like they wouldn't even use that in a sentence because that's how big the conflict was before between them. And it's funny because before we get into this passage, we see that Jesus, he chooses to walk right into the conflict. He doesn't avoid it. He could walk around. He could go a different way, but he chooses to walk right into this conflict. So we begin with uh, John chapter 4, verse 7, and read on. It says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. See, it's a big thing. We see uh, this situation happen, right? So Jesus comes to the well before she comes, right? And he's just sitting there waiting, waiting for her to come. And it's funny. I want, you, I want to point out one thing. It says, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And I want to encourage you guys. Sometimes when we're walking with the Lord, our friends, the people close to us, they might be doing something totally different than we are. Something totally different. Maybe not wrong, but our path might not align with theirs. And it's kind of cool to see that sometimes, sometimes we're separated and we have our own will our own walk with the Lord. And so we see this, and it's, uh, it's important to think, like, Jesus, he did everything on purpose. Like, this wasn't an accident that he was like, oh, I'm just going to come to this well and just sit and, like, wait for them to get back, you know, with food. He did everything on purpose. And the thing is, he went in the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. I know a lot of you guys probably heard this part where, where nobody would come out in the middle of the day. They'd come out when the sun's setting, when it's not as hot. And, and he came at this specific time because he knew he was going to encounter someone who he was going to use. See, when this woman came out to the well, she was coming at this time to avoid any contact with any other person. She was so filled with shame, with guilt, that she didn't want to come in contact. She just wanted to come, grab her water, and then leave. That's it. And little did she know that she was going to encounter someone who would completely change her life. See, I want to point out in verse 9, it's, it's something interesting. It says, The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? See, oftentimes when spe- Jesus speaks into our lives, we choose to, to bounce it off or to brush it off. Jesus is speaking into our life. He says, Give me a drink. And, you know, automatically she's like, Well, what are you asking? You know, a Jew asking me, a woman, for a drink. She's trying to bounce this. Like, he's trying to speak into her life and she's just trying to bounce it off. You know, even right now, I think uh, when, I, when, I, when I come up and speak, a lot of times I feel like, man, you know, I pray that I, I at least reach one person, you know. But I feel like a lot of people, like, hear, like, the woman at the well, and they're like, oh, here we go again. Like, another sermon about the woman at the well. You know, a lot of people are sitting there thinking, you know, like, oh, no, this doesn't relate to me. You know, she had five husbands. You know, I'm a I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T woman. I don't have no man. I don't need no man, you know. Like, this doesn't relate to me. This is like a totally different story. But the thing is, I believe that at some point in our walk with the Lord, we all become thirsty, no matter what it is. See, and I don't think it's a sin to become thirsty, but I think it matters where you're replenishing your thirst from. That's where it matters. That's where, like, our walk with the Lord is tested. See, we seek it in different places, and, and, and everyone received that water from, so, from something else, whether it's, it's social media, whether it's relationships, whether um, it's a, a bad relationship you've been stuck in for years, whether it's social media where all you, you're just trying to take in as many likes, as many followers as possible, and we think like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, whatever, like we try to get likes, but there's a deeper, deeper, um, I would say deeper test of like 
self-image and, and the love of God that's going on there that that person doesn't understand. I found myself doing the same exact thing. Like I kept, you know, talking to people. I'm like, ooh, I'm almost at the 800 followers mark. Almost there. Almost got it. You know what I mean? Just always pushing that. And I realized for myself, I'm like, man, like why do I care so much about like why am I trying to replenish my like my my need or my love from God in these things? See, the thing is we learn to get our satisfaction from everything other than Jesus. So when he speaks into our life, we push away. In the same way, we see the woman. She's so used to coming at this time. It's not like this is just a, a different, like once she just came during the middle of the day. She's so used to coming at the well at this time. And in the same way, we're so used to our walk and what we want to do, what we want to do in our lives, that we don't realize that when Jesus speaks into our lives, we just push it away. I mean, she's so used to just coming here, coming to the same time, at the same, you know, at the same time during that hot day. Um, uh, she's so used to walking the well at this time that she doesn't even realize that the Lord's trying to speak into her and she just ignores it. See, the thing is, I think wherever we choose to get our water from, just like this woman, we're going to constantly go back to. See, I think the well was just a metaphor for her, the fact that she had five husbands, that she continuously got herself into bad relationships. That was her well that she kept going back to. And she left up empty each time. And I think in the same way we seek, you know, uh, we seek to replenish our thirst in different things. We constantly go back there. And we need to constantly go back there because this isn't a, this is uh, the things we seek in the world, the social media, the likes, all these different things, they're, they're so temporary. And they're never going to give us that fulfillment that we think, you know. And that, that's what I think the setup of this, uh, this, this, this time that Jesus encounters this woman, I think this is where the setup comes from because he knows that, oh, once she really understands what replenishing her thirst is, once she really understands where that living water comes from, she's never going to need to go back to the well. We continue reading in John chapter 4, verses 10 to 11. It says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying it to you, Give me, saying to you, give me a drink, you would, have asked, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And then she said, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where do you get this living water? See, the funny thing is she, she, she starts noticing this man sitting next to the well, and it's starting to, starting to really click in her. She's like, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't have a bucket. He doesn't have a rope. How is he going to get this water? Like, what, what water is he talking about? But I think inside Jesus' mind, it doesn't say this, but I think he's slowly thinking, like, you're going to become the bucket. You're going to be the one filled up after this. Like, I don't need a bucket. I'm here to fill you up. So I think how he sees it is slowly filling up her bucket. So when he sat there, when he put, her in the, put himself in that position to encounter her, to, 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 uh, to really begin to change in her life, from that first time, he said, Oh, you know, can you get me water? He slowly started filling her up. So he slowly began filling her up. And we notice this because she continues being interested in what she's, everything he's saying. He's saying. She's saying, oh, well, you don't have a rope or bucket. You know, how, how are you getting this water? See, I think Jesus, he knew this encounter was going to happen a long time because he saw that she was going to be a bucket. She's going to be able to be used to reach the Samaritans. She's going to be someone that he can use the person that least likely people would think would be the one to pass on his name, he's going to use her to pass on his works, to his love, to an entire nation. And I look at it and I think, man, when we look out, you know, in our own lives, when I look at this, this crowd, 
these people, I think of myself, man, this is, every single one of us is a bucket. Every single one of us is a bucket that he's trying to fill up, that he's trying to use to reach other people. And it blew my mind because oftentimes we think like, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm too broken. I've been through too much. I've sinned too much. I have too much shame. I have too much guilt. I can't be used. But oftentimes those people who are broken down the most are the best bucket there is to show God's love. And that's why we see it wasn't just a regular woman. It wasn't just someone coming out. It wasn't just the time like, you know, in the evening where everyone's coming to get water and he just chose someone randomly. He knew, Jesus knew specifically at what time to come because he's like, no, this is the bucket I want to use. doesn't matter how broken you are. doesn't matter what you've been through. This is the bucket that I want to use. And the thing is, it doesn't matter the circumstance we're in. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He sees us as an opportunity to reach other people. And from that point that we choose to accept it, we start slowly filling up, filling up this bucket. Now we keep reading in uh, John 4, uh, verses 13 and 14 says, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, I think it's important that Jesus doesn't say you're never going to feel thirsty again. He says you're never going to be thirsty again. You know, in our, in our, in our walks with Christ, there are times we're going to feel thirsty. We call them, you know, droughts or dry periods in our life. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think in this point, he's really trying to show that you might become thirsty again, but I'm going to give you a well that you could keep going back to that isn't temporary, that's everlasting, that's going to keep going and keep giving into your life. That is what I'm trying to give you. So that when you do become thirsty, whatever circumstance you're going through, uh, whatever shame you're feeling, you constantly go back to this well and feel filled up. Feel filled up. Yeah, that's right. See, the thing is, a lot of times we just, we just find ourselves getting thirsty, but we're just seeking it in the wrong things. We seek to get filled up in different areas. And, and he's sitting there and he's going, no, fill yourself up in my well and you'll never be thirsty. So those times where you do get thirsty, you constantly come back to me. You're constantly coming back to me. And the thing is, it's not that he's saying we'll never have a need or a struggle. I think he's saying that whenever that struggle comes, whenever that need comes, you're coming to me. You're not coming to uh, to social media, you, to wrong relationships. You're not coming back uh, to, to porn, to, to addiction. You're not coming back to those things because you have a well inside of me because you're never going to be filled up with those things. And we kind of see this, you know, in our past couple sermons in Philippians where we see, we see Paul and he says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in, every, in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and needs. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I think he realized Paul knew what well he needed to keep going back to. See, he's saying that no matter what I went through, no matter what circumstance, no matter what problem, whatever I went through, none of that mattered. None of that mattered because I had a well I could keep going back to. So even if in the worldly things I had nothing, I had no clothes, I had no food, or even if I had everything, the well that's springing those things up is Jesus. And we begin to realize that in this situation, even though Jesus said, you know, I'm thirsty, he was seeking water, he knew he wasn't actually thirsty. He was coming there to fill her up. He was coming there to, to, to take her heart, to change her heart because he knew he, he could use her. And now, now I think uh, at this point in the conversation, 
he really got her interested. So she's really into this now, you know. We see in verse 15, she says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not become thirsty or have to come here to draw water. See, when she realizes that this well, this, uh, this, this living water that we get from Jesus, that, that she's never going to have to be trapped by shame, by guilt, any of those things anymore, she's like, man, I want this. I'm ready for this. See, and I, I always uh, relate this to, to, the, to our lives when we're ready for that water, you know? We're hyped up after a conference or a good sermon or a good worship song or anything like that. And we're just like, we're ready. We're ready to do it. Fill us up. Keep filling us up. Fill us up with that water. And so he goes. And he keeps filling us up. And he keeps going and going and going. But just before we overflow, the next part comes. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. You can just imagine this moment. She's like, ooh, about that. Um, the woman said, oh, I, I, don't, I don't have a husband. And, she said, and Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you, are, you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. See, I think this part, this is the, the, the convicting part when Jesus enter, enters our lives. You know, we're ready. We're ready for that water. We're ready to go. We're ready to serve. We're ready to be used. And he's like, oh, okay, well, this is the part I want to touch in your lives. This is the part I want to take out of your lives. This is the addiction I want to take out of your lives. This is the part I know is distracting you that I want to take out of your lives. And we kind of back up a second. We're like, ooh, ooh, like I wasn't expecting this. And, and you see her in the, in the same way. She's just ready for this water. She's like, all right, where is this living water? Where can I get it, Jesus? Like, where is it coming from? You know, I want it. I don't have to come back to this well anymore. And, you know, he, he, he sees this opportunity. He's like, all right, yeah, just go get your husband and do it. And she's like, oh, about that. Because I think, I think her shame and her guilt was totally wrapped up in the fact that she couldn't keep a relationship. She kept putting herself in bad relationships. And he knew that she was, this is what she struggled with the most. So he knew that if I could get to that point, if I could touch her in that moment, in that struggle... That is what's really going to change our heart. And when he comes into our lives, when we come before him, yes, we leave with peace and joy, but oftentimes it is convicting, and oftentimes he's trying to take stuff out of our lives that, that we're so desperately trying to hold on to. You know, the thing is, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be a bad relationship. You know, when um, last year when I was in Bible school, um, I wasn't prepared for what the Lord was going to do there. I, I wasn't. Um, I came into it kind of chest up, kind of like, all right, God, you know, use me in whatever way you can. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. Whatever you have planned for me, I'm ready to do it. And I think he saw that pride that I took in myself, and he was like, all right, that's where I want to get you. That's where I want to work on you the most. And so when Bible school rolled around and when, and when everything, you know, went started rolling, I saw God start really taking things out of my life that I thought was important. And he, he, was, he was reiterating the fact that he said, no, my way is more important than what you have. And, and, and when I became class pastor even, it was such a surprise to me because I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this, you know? Like I, I didn't want to take on that calling. I didn't want to walk into that, that place that God had planned for me. And the thing is, it is because it wasn't easy. And then same way right here when, when, and when she, he's talking to this, this woman at the well she knows it's not going to be easy. She knows that the rest of this walk isn't going to be easy. 
And in that same way, when I, when I think back at, you know, the times God was working on me, I look at it and I'm like, man, I'm so happy that I, that I chose to follow him and give up those things that were just distracting me. The, the things that I was seeking, the things that, were, that I thought were going to replenish my thirst when in reality they never were going to. See, the thing is, when Jesus comes into our lives, he's looking to give us something that, that we can live off to, uh, to seek, an unlimited supply to replenish us. See, Jesus, he used this thirsty woman to completely change an entire nation. Completely change an entire nation. And I oftentimes wonder, and I look out here and I say, man, I can't wait to see what God's going to use in every single life here when we give him the opportunity to fill up our bucket with something that we can't even understand. We read later on in uh, verses 25 to 30, it says, The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. See, what we see is, I, I see kind of like the, the drop the mic moment in this whole conversation with Jesus where, where she's like, well, I'm ready for all this. I'm ready to give up all of that. I'm ready to do it. Like once the Messiah comes, he's going to explain everything to us. And he's kind of like, you know, I'm the Messiah. Drop the mic, you know? And, and, and in, th- in this exact moment, she's so overwhelmed with his presence that she forgot that she was even there for water. She leaves her jar there because she knew she was filled up with a different kind of water that she needed to show people. And, and you saw that through her testimony, she runs to the city, tells everyone, and people come streaming from the village to see him. See, I think the, the point is that when, when we become filled with his water, we become filled to the point where our bucket begins overflowing. And he fills us to the point where we can just stream all this water into other people, and they come just running back to him, not to ourselves, not because of my preaching, not because of hope's worship, not because of anything I did, but because he filled me up with this water enough to where I'm overflowing into other people's lives. I think she left her jar there, her bucket there, that she came to you know, seek water, to, to grab water, because she knew she was going to have water from somewhere else from now on, that she's never going to go back to that. I think it really relates to, to her issues with having five husbands and a, and a one husband right now that she's having a relationship with that's not even her husband. I think, I think she kept going back to that. And her leaving this jar here is her saying, I'm not going to go back to that anymore. I'm not going to seek my acceptance. I'm not going to seek my, uh, my, my thirst into those things because I have somewhere else to replenish my thirst. We come back to uh, John chapter 19, verse 28. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. See, just like Jesus coming up to the Samaritan woman in the well, I think this was a setup for the rest of our lives. At that very moment, I think Jesus was saying that God has a purpose for every thirst in your life. Just like this woman, when she, when she felt trapped in doubt and fear and insecurities, and she would come to this well only during the day to avoid people so nobody would see her, so nobody would judge her. Just, just like she kept walking up to, you know, up to the well at this time, just like that was all trapped in her. I think at this moment, Jesus had everything trapped on the cross, all our, all our shame, 
all our fear, all our guilt. He had everything trapped on the cross because he knew after, that, after this moment that we're not going to be thirsty anymore. And I think that's the point where he says, you know, I thirst because he knew that after the resurrection, after this cross, on the other side, we have freedom, we have peace, we could walk with the Lord. See, I think the, this was the last thing Jesus had to do before he released his spirit was to, to trap death, to trap sin, to trap our insecurities in there. So we know that every time we come to the cross, we can leave them there. And I think just like she left her jar at the well, we leave our jar at the cross. Because like, just like Jesus trapped you know, this Samaritan woman's guilt and fear and shame right there, and she, he was able to let it all go just right in that one encounter, I think he, Jesus you know, he trapped all our struggle, all our fear, everything on the cross, that when we come to there, we can just leave knowing we have peace and we're just relieved of all these things. It's funny because afterwards, it's not in my notes, but afterwards we see that the apostles come back and they're kind of confused. They're like, all right, so what's going on here? You know what I mean? They still don't understand that, um, that, that they were going out to get food, that they're, they're just confused. They're like, oh, well, he hasn't eaten. How does he, he have food that we don't have? Like, what's going on? And I think in that point, he was trying to show them that, that there was just, he was putting himself in a position to, to serve and to, and, and to create change into someone's life. And, and, I, and I read the story, and, and I think back to my life and think, man, I want to be this open. I want to put myself in the most uncomfortable positions knowing that God's going to use me to change someone's life. And I know, I know on a lot of sermons, I always come back to this idea of, of not being comfortable where you're at. Because this isn't just a sense of being uncomfortable. This is a sense of he should not have been at, the, at that well at all. It wasn't just, oh, this is weird, like, you know first date type thing where I was like, oh, this is just a little uncomfortable. No, he shouldn't have been here at all. Jews and Samaritans just weren't supposed to interact. But I think he saw something greater in the works there. He saw a bucket that he could fill. He saw someone broken that he could change, that he knew he was going to just change so many lives. You know, we saw at the end of that verse, it said people just streaming to come see him because of her testimony. I say this a lot, but I'm not good at preaching. I'm just going to be honest. I, I just use this as an opportunity to, to show people a greater love that I can never explain. When we were singing during worship today, I just began tearing up because of the words. I've never heard the song before. I'm glad it's right here because that's perfect. It says, covered in shame, hiding my face, I owed a debt I could not pay. Searching in vain to fill my heart's ache, I threw my worth away. We don't plan this. We don't plan this out. I don't come to them and say, oh, this is a good worship song. It's going to go right with my sermon. Come on, guys, like establish. No, we don't plan this out. But when I heard those words, I just, I started crying because oftentimes, just like this woman coming to the well at the peak hours of daylight, hiding her face, covered in shame, Searching to fill her heart's ache is exactly where Jesus saw that moment where he could fill her heart, where he could take away that pain. As we begin to worship today and close out the service, um, we're just going to have some time to just really 
really understand God's love and really, um, you know, when I talked about it in the beginning, when we walk with the Lord, when there's oftentimes things we seek our, our, our uh, replenishment and things we, we seek water from that aren't from the Lord. In this prayer, in this, in this worship, I just, I just ask that you guys, you guys just picture this moment at the well. But picture it in your own life, that whatever, whatever is built up inside you, whatever shame, guilt you have built up inside you, that you come up to Jesus and you leave so filled up that you even forgot why you were there in the first place. You forgot about why, that sh- why you had that shame, why you had that guilt, because his love is, is more than we can even fathom. And we leave that place in, in a sense of not just peace and joy, but even beyond that. We leave it in a place where we're ready to go tell every single person we see about what Jesus did for us. So I think it's a big deal that everyone in this town knew this woman, knew what she was into, knew what she struggled with. But even through her testimony, through what she was able to get through, through what Jesus was able to do through her, she was able to move nations. And, and my prayer for, for tonight, my prayer for tonight is that if we did come in here with, with guilt, with shame, we realize that no matter how big that guilt or shame is, no matter what we're going through, no matter how deep that sin is, God's able to use, use us in ways we can't even imagine. I think he prepares us through these struggles to reach people. And just that through this worship, guys, I just ask that you focus on that and the one thing that really just reigns in your heart, the one thing that really pulls you down, the one thing that that every time you come into worship, you just have God showing in your life, saying, I just want, I just want to deliver you from that. Because I've said before, when, when, we, when we struggle, when we, when we have these bondage that's on our heart, it's just so hard to move forward. And God's just here just saying, just feel my love. Just, 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 just let that bondage, let whatever you're addicted to, just, just wipe away. Come to that well and just leave in a place where you're just fulfilled in, in, with so much living water that all you want to do is show other people. Lord, as we end tonight, <laughs> we're just so, just so grateful that you are constantly moving. You are never stagnant. That's how we know that you love us, and that's how we know that you're moving. You're constantly wanting to make us better. Everything you ever do is to make us better, because we're your kids. <laughs> and you love us, and you want the best for us. Sometimes it's hard to trust and have faith, Lord, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's hard to see past certain things, but those are the spots that you just want to, in a loving way, just kind of bring us in and say, hey, maybe you need to, maybe you need to work on this. Like, hey, where's, you know, where's your husband? <laughs> and we're just grateful that 
you love us enough to not just let us keep living life with that thing or those things that you invite us to just leave our jar at the, at, at the foot of the cross, at the well. You're so good. You're so sweet. Thanks for being here with us tonight. Thanks for always being with us. I pray for these, everybody here as we go throughout the rest of our week that we would take that what we've learned tonight and we would ponder on it and just kind of say, hey, what's that thing? What's that thing that maybe I need to leave at the well this week um, in order to pour out? I just want to pray a blessing over everyone that is here. Um, just a fresh anointing over what everyone is doing. Lord, a lot of us come from a lot of different churches and, and places, and we come here to learn and grow together. And I just pray that you would bless whatever their hands, whatever work their hands are being put to right now in their churches and in their communities, um, and even in their families, Lord God, that you would bless the work that you have called them to. Bless their hands as they go forth this week. We love you. We praise you. And we're just so grateful for you and your love. It's your name we pray. Amen.